Welcome back to the Family CTO Podcast, your place to hear candid conversations about which cool, practical gadgets belong in your digital household. I'm your host, Scott Tharler. And I do mean welcome back this time even more than usual, since we've been on an unscheduled four-month hiatus. The yada yada version is that I've been busy writing a reviews column for Newsweek and moving to Hawaii. So, how's this for a segue? Since I'm recording from an island, let's talk about water. Not necessarily in the sense of the seven seas, more specifically about home automation and how new technology can help us track and manage water more efficiently. This is the first in a two-part series that I'm sure will change the way you think about using water in your daily life on a few levels. So let's dive right in with our first guest, Marcelo Camargo from Nudge Systems, which makes a helpful device called Pleco. Marcelo, welcome to the show. Thank you, Scott. Thanks for having me. It looks like it's a whole year since you co-founded Nudge Systems. What motivated you to do that? We are on a uh, fantastic journey to help people adopt environmentally friendly lifestyles. And we noticed a, a very important gap in the home automation market, which is water conservation. And I'm a big fan of uh, home automation. I was doing it myself and project at home. And I noticed we, we didn't have anything for water related uh, that would fit our, our needs. And we decided to do something about it. Cool. So the product Pleco shows water usage throughout the home in real time. Why is it important for folks to know how to do that? We noticed that people want to save water, but there was no easy way to know how much water you're using and where our water was going. Until the end of the month, we wouldn't know how much water you're using. And awareness is increasing due to droughts and increasing environmental awareness. And many people wanted to do something about it. With Pleco, we can see, uh, first you can see it in real time where it's going. You can see how much water you're spending on shower and irrigation, how much it takes and different appliances. And very importantly as well, it can show you leaks and what water usages that are not very important to you and that it can warn you in, in real time. And by observing that, you create habits that help you conserve water. It improves your relationship with water. That's how we put it. And it's what's interesting to me is that there's so many things in how we talk about money that actually go back to water. Like we say, it's money down the drain, or we say my budget has some leaks in it. But in a very literal sense, like this is about just becoming more aware of the water you're using. Because I think most people assume I use water and I need to be using the water, why would I do anything different? Or whatever I use is what I use. We have seen uh, reports from our early users, very interesting stories from, for example, misadjusted sprinkler systems that people didn't know and they're basically throwing water away all the time. I'm in Texas and we just went through what we call the the big freeze with the temperatures going down and pipes uh, being uh, frozen and burst after the water is uh, resumed and damaging thousands of homes. And it happened here in my place. You know, as soon as the leak started, you know, I was warned by Pleco. I turned off the water input valve and there was no damage. And, and this kind of thing, you know, it's 
make a difference. Great. So tell us more about what the system is, what the units are that come with it and how it's set up. Because on the website, it says it's set up in 15 minutes. So it's really not such an involved thing. Pretty much anybody could do it. Correct. The, the previous attempts of, of water measurements involved in cutting off your main pipe and inserting something into it. So what we came up with is a device that you wrap around your existing water meter. So you need to have an existing water meter. Interestingly, the, the most difficult piece of installation is finding where your water meter is and uh, accessing it. Many people don't know where the water meter is. So our device is, looks like a wristwatch that you wrap around your uh, existing water meter. And it has a sensor that detects the water flow most water meters use 100-year-old technology of a moving and spinning magnet. So we detect that magnetic field and we transform that into water flow. And we transmit this information back inside the house where there's a display and a hub that connects to your Wi-Fi and make that information available. So this installation is really as simple as finding a water meter and wrapping this wristwatch-looking sensor around your existing water meter. Then there is a sequence of uh, steps, which is about you know, setting up, make sure it is communicating to the hub, and you're done. And tell us about the calibration process, because this was one of the things that sort of sold me on the company and on what's going on. I, I love how you do that. Thanks for asking that. The, the calibration of the meter depends on the type of, uh, of water meter that you use. And uh, we wanted to make it as simple as possible. Uh, so we noticed in our uh, lab tests, we had tens of different meters and we tested them, you know, the, how many pulses, magnetic pulses that we detect you get per gallon of water flowing through them. And we noticed there are only a few different settings possible de depending on the construction of the water meter. So we hard-coded those into the sensor. So what the user does the user, after installing the water meter, the package comes with a sort of a bucket. Okay, which, uh, I see you're holding it up there. And then the actual system is inside the bucket. That's how it ships. That's right. Instead of a box, it ships inside a bucket. So you take it out, you do the installation. And this bucket, you can use it for calibration. As soon as your system starts going, you fill this bucket up to a marked line on it, which is a one gallon. And that is a, a guide for the system. You know, people ask, you know, how can you calibrate precisely with uh, just uh, a gallon of water? But that system guides us to our lab reference, and then it's easily matched against the different types of water meter construction. So then the system knows where you are, and it starts working. So essentially, all the user needs to know how to do is put 4D batteries into the sensor, and then turn on your faucet fill it up to the line, and that's it. And inside your home, you have a display unit that, that comes with it, that serves as the hub that connects to the, uh, to the Wi-Fi. It's a physical display, and we had a very interesting report, again, from our early adopters. People are so flooded with information that some of the, our users replied that without uh, this device placed in a position of, let's say, high traffic at your home, like a hallway or something, they wouldn't look at it very often and they, they wouldn't bring that awareness and nudge them into conservation. As we say, that's why we call the company Nudge Systems. We are working on a simple system without a display, but the display is interesting. It's proving quite uh, useful and quite well received by our users. That's one of the important things about the system is that it's really about being aware 
because you could just upload this to something in the cloud and, and hope that somebody logs in for information at some point, but by having a separate display that makes it more in their awareness. Also, I like the fact that you said that people are flooded with information. So you're, pre you're preventing floods even of information. <laughs> so everything seems very purposefully worded. You have nudge systems to nudge people. And then how did you come up with the name Pleco for the actual product name? Yeah, naming a product in a, a company is not easy, but we had fun in the process discussing and, and, and going around the different options. As we're discussing, we're looking at this home and there was this fish against the wall. And one of the names for this type of fish that hooks itself against the wall and cleans it. It's a tropical fish called Pleco. And we look at that and say, look, that looks like our device hooked up to the water meter. So <laughs> we, we thought it was a good analogy there and, and we had fun with it. And we named it Pleco. I, I like that there's a lot of purpose to what you guys are doing, but you're also having fun with the idea. Is there anything different about what the separate physical display does versus what the app can do? Or they're just, they work in tandem, like you can choose one or the other? They work in tandem. The app, of course, requires you to log in and have an system. And with the display, you could do very standalone without any connection, if you prefer. And then the app has things that allows things that I wouldn't be able to do on display because of connectivity which are things like, for example, comparing your water usage to uh, users in your zip code and your areas. So that there are different trends, different areas, different weather systems require different water usage. So you can know how does that compare if you want to. Okay. And when you're talking about different systems and so forth, I guess we should tell people it doesn't just say, hey, you used a lot of water. It actually breaks down and can tell you this is how much was from your sprinkler system. This is how much from flushes. This is how much from faucet. And so you can actually start to know the source of where you're using your water. Exactly. And it breaks down usage like over time by each category. Correct. And it does that all automatically. This is how uh, you know, our intelligent algorithms uh, look at the patterns on your water flow and matches it with different usages just from this single point of measurement right at the entrance of your home. And uh, it's interesting how it changes people's perception and behavior. So one example, because people are lots around the kitchen and you see the dishwasher, you hear that water is splashing around for a long time. But then with uh, people quickly realize, looking at Pleco, that water that is splashing around is one load. It keeps beating that water around the dishes for a long time and a small usage as a toilet flush. So people change their ways and their focus of attention. And then they go to you know, other things, like I'm talking about uh, irrigation or like long showers, that is huge water consumption. So how do people actually change their habits? Because I read on the site, I think that the, the system could pay for itself in less than two years. So for that to happen, people have to realize that they're using water and then figure out how to change habits. So does the system actually suggest how to change habits or how does that work? What happens first, once you install a system like this, people by curiosity start looking at it more often. So you start understanding your water usage patterns and people become more aware of it. And when you're aware of it, you stop leaving faucets open for too long or you take sh shorter showers and that helps. And then the big differences uh, and the big savings are on detecting totally wasted water, some leaks and some misadjusted uh, water softener, for example, in some places where you have water softener and 
and that takes a, a lot of water to to clean it up and to flush it and and in some cases we have seen users that have where their water softener was flushing and back flushing every uh, three or four days which is way too much and they were not aware of it so there are two components to it one is the, the behavior around water and then finding those big instant you know, low-hanging fruits which is misadjusted devices or leaks that are present and you were not aware of it. And so you, you mentioned leaks a couple of times. So without any other sensors, the system is smart enough to detect that there are leaks. I have something in my house right now that drives me crazy and I don't know what to do about it, but I know every 10 or 15 minutes, the downstairs bathroom just makes a bunch of noise. And as I'm talking with you, I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, I that must be costing me money. <laughs> and it's not just an annoying noise, but it must just be wasteful. And, and so what do I do about that as a homeowner? Like, how do I know how to actually fix that? With Pleco, you can see in real time if that noise is coincided with the water usage, right? So you could see how much water is being consumed while you have this noise. Then you can start seeing how significant it is. If it is uh, either you'll give you peace of mind that it's not a problem, or it's maybe it's on the waste line, or it might be a leak that you have to do something about it. So it first, it gives you information to act on. It does not cut your water usage because that would require a more expensive installation, something that it would cut your pipe and put a valve in between. But it gives you the information that you need, either for peace of mind or to, to go and do something about it and, and helps you pinpoint exactly where it is. And it helps a lot in the troubleshooting because you can have the information back in real time. You don't have to wait for the bill at the end of the month that, to know that you're wasting too much water. Well, that's a good thing. And for a $250 device, I think that's what's expected. It seems like it's easy to set up. It's a good thing to to get you into just being aware of what your habits are and where there could be wastefulness. So as you've been chatting with folks over the last year, what are the top one or two misconceptions that you've been hearing about the system? About the system itself, the, the initial misconception was the difficult to install. People thought I'm not an expert or I don't know anything about plumbing and how do I go about it? Do I have to spend money or call somebody to install? And once people see it and we put it on, on our website, we put some installation videos on showing people how to go about it and so on. They, that was a very cleared out. And the second misconception is that the water is cheap. And in most places it is, water is actually highly subsidized in our society today. We, we don't really pay for the full price. But then it takes only one leak for you to see how quickly water can become expensive. Just because the water cost itself and sometimes because of the damage it can cost. You know, we've seen reports of a toilet leaks that require the whole uh, flooring to be changed for humidity. So it just takes one of those for you to be, see how expensive water damage could be. Yeah, it seems like the, the water itself might not cost a lot, but that leak can certainly cause damage. So I've seen other systems that are all they do, they don't measure water usage, but all they do is to detect leaks. And so how effective would you say this is versus something where they're actually putting sensors under sinks and behind toilets and so forth? And this is all real time, but how effective could this be? 
these systems, uh, Scott, that detect a leak, for example, they are effective. They detect a leak under the sink, but uh, they would not detect a leak uh, everywhere in home because what Pleco does, it measures water at the single point of entry in your home. And from there, it does all the measurements and uh, including leak detection. So a broken pipe, for example, that could happen inside a wall would be detected by Pleco and a dedicated device in a dedicated position would not see that. So the ability to make these measurements and extract information right at a single point of entry where all your water goes through is very interesting and useful. This may seem like a silly question, but this is where my mind goes. Would the system be able to detect if there are two simultaneous activities going on at the same time? I'm in the kitchen and the kids are flushing the toilet somewhere. Like it's able to log both of those things? It's a good question. And it's something that is on our uh, roadmap for development. Today, it does not. It, it detects individual usages. Sometimes if the two concurrent usages are very different from one another, for example, irrigation and a faucet, then it just puts that down to irrigation. But this is something that we are working on and, and we are learning how to do it and how to fine tune for each specific home, the, the parameters of that and be able to do two uh, simultaneous usage at the same time. Okay. Well, I like this because it makes me think also of fitness trackers and it's good to track things, but then there has to be something actionable about it. It's nice to know that I did 8,000 steps today, but then what does that tell me? This, it will actually tell you information and you can do something about it. And it also encourages you to set goals. Can you tell more about how that works with setting goals and, and how you can refine those and what that does? Yeah, the average American consumes, for residents, consumes about 200 gallons a day. So you ship the system with that as your target daily water utilization. Is there anything in the setup where you would say, I have this size home or something, and then it would adjust that, or you just do it as you go? You do it as, as you go, and you can adjust it at any time. And the main pie chart changes color as you progress, right? It is green, and then it becomes yellow and red as you consume. And there is also different type of a charts over the week and over the month that tallies up your consumption and, and puts that against uh, your goal. So once you learn your usage and you fix, for example, the main water waster that typically happens in the very first week of utilization, then people adjust their goals to a little bit tighter set and it becomes a fun playing game. For example, we had people reporting that it was very difficult to convince teenagers to shorten their uh, bathroom or, or their shower time. And they made a sort of a game out of it, you know, uh, trying to uh, setting a goal on Pleco and seeing if they could beat last week's utilization and play around it. And, and then kids got involved and, and it's, it had the effect. Yeah, I'm a big fan of gamification. Anything that motivates people. Some people go, oh my gosh, I used 13 gallons. What if I could do a 10 gallon shower or whatever it would be? So tell us what's next for Nudge Systems, because I hear that you're making further refinements to Pleco, but are you developing other systems as well? Yeah, what we think now for, for next, we're thinking about more integration of the system integrated with other uh, different systems. And we, there are systems, for example, that measure electricity consumption. And we try to either integrate such a measurement into Pleco or integrate Pleco into other devices. So you have a more complete of your home utilities consumption. And then there are incremental things that are always coming up, increased battery life and, and increments like this. 
way you could go would be to focus on hotels or focusing on other sort of businesses that might even be larger scale where you could make very small changes that could save a lot of money and like that. That is a second part of our target as well. And you're very right, Scott. So far, we focus on the residential market. And there's a whole new line of commercial industrial applications for this type of technology. The way we created the communication systems between sensor and the hub is very robust. So we could install hundreds of systems in parallel and communicate it to a hub, and for example, in a hotel or large installation. And, and that's a path that we are exploring now in partnerships with companies that do large system installations. So maybe you'll soon see a industrialized version of Pleco. I guess either it'll be like super Pleco or you'll have to think of a bigger fish. So how many, can you give us an idea, how many systems are out there now? We, we made the, our official launch was just on January now on CS, the virtual CS 2021. Wow. So it's pretty new. That's pretty new. So we have we have a few hundred units now formally launched, and we are boosting up our production now and building more production capacity as we go because the uh, the, the reception has been pretty good. That's great. And and two hundred and fifty dollars, like we said, that's not a huge investment, especially considering that it really might pay for itself back. Is there anything that people should know about in the way of subsidies, like from utilities? Do you have any deals like that where utilities might subsidize? this or they might get a lower rate on their bills or something like that? Yeah, we're discussing with some utilities how to implement that because you, we have seen rebates in many other areas, uh, but with uh, water saving toilet, for example, but uh, we have not uh, closed any deals. So what we are doing now at the moment, uh, or you listeners to, to keep an eye on it because we are going to have some specials to help and encourage people to save some more water. That's great. So, Marcelo, thank you so much for coming by to, to talk about this system. I'm really excited about it. Thank you, Scott. Thanks for having me on your show and for uh, navigating with us through this process. Our next guest is Isaiah Blackburn from a company called Peril Protect. They offer a simple-to-install, housewide leak detection system. But... What I found most interesting, even more than how the product actually detects water, is how their whole system is set up to alert you without relying on Wi-Fi and then connects you to the closest professional should you need plumbing or restoration assistance. Isaiah, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Scott. I appreciate the opportunity to, to discuss Barrel Protect. Oh, it's my pleasure. So what we're going to be talking about is a leak detection system. So I understand that you have a background as an insurance claims adjuster. So you've seen hundreds of these things. And even more personally, you suffered four cases of water damage in the last 10 years yourself. So it seems like you're fully prepared to, to tell us about the merits of water protection. Yeah, that's true on both accounts. I spent seven years as a claim adjuster for a major carrier and then a smaller carrier based in Indiana, which is actually our parent company. So I've done both residential and commercial property claims. And the majority of what I dealt with when I was in claims was water loss. The reason being it's the number two cause of loss for property right behind weather. So the majority was water loss. 
I was on site for writing a lot of those estimates dealing with small and very large losses. So I've got that experience on the professional side. And then on the other side, I've had four water losses in 10 years uh, across two properties, which is higher than statistical average. So I guess I'm just lucky in that regard. And each time it's something new and different. So something you didn't plan for. And my last one was a water heater that was in a garage on concrete floor. So it never crossed my mind that even if something did happen to it, uh, that it would flood my house instead of going outside. But such is the case. And one of the reasons that you should have a detection system, regardless of what you think may happen, because you never know what will happen. Definitely. I think one of the things is that people just need to be vigilant. And so if I'm going around and just looking at ceilings and looking for water damage and dry rot and uh, so forth, why do I need sensors like this? Well, yeah, it's one of the questions we get a lot is I'm home. Why do I need this? Well, the thing I can speak to is I was home for three out of four of mine. And with water, it's not an explosion, right? Or something you smell. It's just a silent leak that's happening. I do wholeheartedly agree. You should be looking around your house, checking out your roof and your gutters and any place that water can seep in, you should be doing those maintenance steps. But in general, when water damage occurs, yeah, there are roof leaks, which present their own challenges. It's not so easy to get up and inspect your shingles and stuff and know how your flashings work in and if you're going to have a leak. But for the most part, your plumbing system is ultimately what will lead to large water losses. The average loss is statistically it's over 10,000. What we're seeing this year, especially with the rise of prices, materials from COVID, labor costs and whatnot, those things are pushing north towards $12,000 on average loss. So that is a large loss, regardless of how you look at it. And that's just the average loss. I've seen much, much larger and I've seen smaller, but generally 12,000 is what you're going to see. Roof leaks don't generally cause that amount of damage. It's your water heaters, your dishwashers, your refrigerator ice maker lines can lead to huge losses. And like I said, what happens with those is a lot of times they're silent. When you spring a leak, when I was on site writing those, sometimes, yeah, you'd have a rush of water, a ceiling collapse or something like that, that can happen. But a lot of them, the way they were discovered was somebody noticed that the floor was soft in a certain area. Well, that's a long-term issue. And why you get those leaks and they tend to slide under the laminate, under the flooring, and they get stuck between the vapor barrier and slowly it just causes soft areas, rotted joists. And that leads to multiple things. One is an insurance question of coverage. And then the other thing is it's a lot of damage to clean up and you just don't know. And the odds are you even walk around looking, you wouldn't have come across that kind of damage. Yeah, I have a fridge that has a, a water line coming into it. And I think it's when the ice cycle is going through and it's replenishing the ice, it makes a noise that makes me nervous every damn time. Like it makes that noise. I'm like, it sounds like there's water spilling out all over the place. And it's just, it's the worst sound in the world. Yeah, you're, you're right. And it's a pressurized line, but you hear that our old ice maker was very much the same when it would kick on. I pulled the fridge out a couple of times because it sounded like it was spraying everywhere. Well, that's a tricky situation because what happens when it does actually spray everywhere? It's like the, the boy who cried wolf. You've listened to that for years and then you don't think anything of it and it's behind your cabinets. And I've been on those claims, ripping out cabinet walls and it all goes back to that ice maker line, sprung a leak and just sprayed and sprayed and nobody knew it was happening because uh, it's still making ice for, <laughs> for the most part. You just don't know that it occurred. So let's talk about the system now. It comes with a hub and then there's either four, seven or 10 sensors and each system comes with round the clock customer support. So Tell us how to best set up the system and then how it works. The system itself, like you said, it's a hub and sensors and you can look at how many bathrooms do you have? You can run through the systems in your head and look at the options and, and decide which package is best for you. The thing that's 
different about our system is it's cellular based. When we send a kit out to a customer, it is pre-provisioned. So not only have we tested it on site first, we actually hand label the the sensors. So it'll arrive to you saying bathroom sink based on your selections. So we've pre-labeled them, made it as simple as possible. And because there is no Wi-Fi right out of the box, it literally is like a five minute setup process. When you pull it out of the box, the hub is the only thing that gets plugged in and it does have a battery backup as well. But you plug the hub in and you flip the on switch, you flip the on switch on all the sensors and you set them where they're labeled and that's it. No connecting to your home network or anything like that. And it, it takes about, once you flip that on in 30 seconds, it connects to the cellular network and we're monitoring. And then as you said, we have 24-7 customer support. So not only is if a leak is detected, do you get that instant alert to your phone via text and email? We also are alerting you from our call center, who's live 24-7. We're notifying you multiple ways because the quicker you can address a water loss, the better. So we're reaching out to you to say, hey, verifying that you got the text and that you're able to do something about it. And if you're not, we can dispatch a contractor 24-7 to come out and help you stem that flow of water and then also begin the cleanup process. And again, the sooner you get on that, the lower the total damage is, and we can maybe potentially reduce, reduce it to just a minor cleanup instead of a major loss. Okay. So just to be clear, the flow of the incident, so to speak, is that the sensor picks up some amount of water. And this could be under a sink, behind a toilet, et cetera. How much water triggers this? It is a tiny amount. So on, on the bottom of the sensors, there are contacts. And actually on our sensors, we have two points of contacts. One set of contacts is so close to the floor as almost to be an imperceptible gap. And then there's one that's higher. So actually between the two sets of contacts, we can tell a difference and moisture that's present. If it hits a second set of contacts that are higher up, you have a stronger flow rate and the alerts escalate accordingly. But the first one is it'll do a redundancy check. And I think that's important to note because what you don't want is a bunch of false alerts. So if it's in a bathroom, for instance, if you're, let's say your fan wasn't working, you had a humidity buildup during a shower, bath, whatever that situation is, we wouldn't want those alerts going off. So it takes slightly more than that. But once water makes a connection between those contacts, it triggers that alert after it does a redundancy check. So it does it about five times over the course of 20 seconds to verify that there's actual water present, not just uh, humidity or something like that. And then it triggers the alert. So it is a very minor amount. And a lot of times when people get the system, I say test it and just reply no when the text comes in that there's an alert, but it's as simple as a small drops of water on a damp cloth and you touch them to it and it's gonna trigger that alert uh, just like that. Is there something in the app that tells you how often you wanna be alerted and, and so forth? And then if you don't respond to that, then that's when the live folks kick in and they'll actually call you because this could be in a, a vacation place or a place that you're not right. present in. Yeah, actually, and circling back, you asked about the flow of that. That's exactly it. So the first thing is it's almost instantaneous. Like I said, once that redundancy check goes through and verifies there's actually a leak present, your phone is going to get hit with a text and email alert right away. And you can designate up to two people um, per account. So you and somebody else could be notified. Then Within two minutes, we're following up through our call center is also texting you. We feel that that's the best way because that's it's all designated through your phone. But that text says, hey, we identified this leak. Here it is basically the same as the system does. Do you need assistance? We, and we want to give the customer the opportunity to say yes, no to that rather than us just reaching out. Because, you know, it can be frustrating with a system where a call center is immediately calling you, even though it's a false alarm or you set off a smoke detector and your security company's calling you and saying, hey, we got fire ready. And it's, hey, I burnt some toast. Calm down. Yeah. So that's why we go text first. And in the call center, you can reply. If you say yes, we're immediately calling you and say, okay, how can we help? You say no, 
we document that customer decline assistance and, and it's not needed. And, and that's a good thing, actually. A lot of them can be that simple because if you know it's there, you can walk into the bathroom and say, oh, what happened? Or I can shut off the water supply. But if there's no response to the text messages, within two minutes, we're calling because we want you to know that you got a, an issue. And then also to verify you've been able to address it, where if we need to get somebody out there to help you, we can do that. Okay. And so you actually have a network of professionals. Yeah. And that's the thing. It is a vetted network and it is nationwide. So anywhere you're at, we can dispatch somebody 24 seven. And, and the way it works, I, I would describe it sort of like the Uber of contractors, because the way the system is set up, we're trying to get you the fastest help possible. So they start in the local zip code and work their way out, but we're contacting the closest restoration company and they start with the five star and, and so on. And they have X number of minutes to respond saying, yes, we can help this customer. And if they don't respond, we move to the next one to generate the quickest response. And as soon as that uh, contractor that says, yes, I'm available responds, we do a three-way call through our call center with the customer, verify information, and they're on their way. So using that method, we can get the quickest response out to help the, the customer. And that's ultimately what we're trying to do because a lot of systems, you can you know go on Amazon and throw water sensors in your cart right now. But the question is, once you have that leak, now what? And we're there to answer that question. We can help you right now and potentially help you avoid that claim, avoid that deductible, avoid the headache. I mentioned everybody's so busy right now. Repair times are being backed up. You're going from weeks to months, potentially, depending on the size of the repair. So you get to live in that construction zone for months. And that's just not an ideal scenario. So we're trying to head that off at the start. And that all sounds like a nightmare that I would like to avoid, but sometimes you can't avoid stuff as with your, your four claims. So in the case of a power outage, then the system still works because it's based on cellular, which is good. But then like how long are the backup batteries typically good for? Yeah. So the battery backup system is 18 to 24 hours. So if you lose power, again, you're not disconnected from our monitoring network hopefully power is restored in that time. If not, they are accessible, so they could be swapped out and still be connected. Okay. And because of the cellular factor, there's a subscription involved. And also, I suppose that covers the, the customer service. The, the subscription rates, it looks like they range currently from $24 to $32 a month. So what is the, the variance there? Why does it cost more for more sensors? Well, essentially, one, we don't charge any fees up front. So if you were to go out and buy the kit, you're going to spend hundreds of dollars to put this collection together, whereas we don't charge that. The subscription fee covers the monthly cost for the entire system with no money out of pocket up front. And those prices, we're in the process of adjusting those. Actually, after a year on the market, we're, we're pairing all of them down slightly. So actually our initial essentials package will be starting at $19 a month. But that's the reason for the difference is with those sensors, we cover all those costs at no cost to the customer. And again, like I said, we're not just drop shipping a kit. We do have somebody actually manually programming those and testing them and labeling them for the ease of use. So we're covering all that up front and then spreading it out over time for the customer. Okay. And we talked about labeling them and you were saying like, this is the one for the bathroom. As I'm thinking about it, should there be two in every bathroom? Because you have the under the toilet that you're nervous about and then under the sink. It, it comes down to the cost and then trying to identify the placement, right? So if you really could almost go crazy with water sensors, because you could place one at every potential source of water, which would be ideal, but then the cost could become extraordinarily expensive. So yeah, I do agree with you as we're looking at this you really want one near most water sources 
or if you split the difference, like in a kitchen between your sink and dishwasher, or your sink and the water supply line or the refrigerator, like we talked about earlier. But yeah, ideally you would want one under your sink and near your toilet. And you, those are two places that you're likely to experience a leak. And if you were to choose one, your toilet is the one that I would start with. Certainly just based on experience, you, those supply lines, they get worked a lot more. They're pressurized a lot more and they're more likely to fail in the long run. Seven is probably about the right number initially, but depends on the size of house, how, how many bathrooms and that kind of thing. And then we keep talking residential, but there's also applications. We've got a, some commercial customers because we can cover large buildings and communicate all of them feed back to one person. So that's something we're, we're starting to delve into as well. Okay. And I noticed that it looks like there's a penalty for pausing or stopping a subscription, which I, I think I understand better now that you've explained how the subscription costs work. Ultimately, it comes down to the service is what's going to keep you, right? Not the cancellation fee. I know as a consumer, when I see cancellation fee, I get a little upset, but then I think, huh, maybe this is just something to encourage me to do what I'm supposed to be doing, which is you don't want to start picking and choosing like, oh, I think I'll have leak protection in June. That sounds like <laughs> a good time to be dry. Right. That's not how it works. You don't do that with car insurance. You don't do that with anything else. So why would you do that with something preventive like this? That's an excellent point, actually. It is something you should do all the time because it ultimately, in the end, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. But insurance is reactive, which it's necessarily reactive. That's all they can do is once a claim submitted, then they go into action. But on this end, that's what we're trying to do is provide a proactive product to avoid those headaches in the first place. But with water losses, there are spikes but it's a consistent problem because it's not just winter related, for instance. Yeah, you see spikes during the winter uh, in burst pipes, but water losses are year round all the time because it's always something different. I mentioned mine were multiple problems. Water heaters, generally those things start to leak and then rupture way before they're supposed to. And maintenance plays a big role in that. But those are not weather dependent. They just happen when they're going to happen. And as you said, looking around your house earlier, it's great to be on top of it. But how many homeowners can look at a supply line and say, oh, I think that's almost to the end of its life. It's just something that's out of sight, out of mind. You don't think about those things. And then on the flip side of that, if a plumber comes into your house and says, hey, you need to change that out because it's going to go bad. You're going to look at that person with skepticism and say, ah, oh, he's just trying to upsell me. The alternative is having devices in place that catch it. And, and then you're really offsetting your cost of maintenance because you're not doing proactive maintenance. You're just proactively monitoring and then taking care of it as soon as it happens. I, I think with products like this, there are a couple of tricky parts. One of them is if it's doing its job, then ideally it doesn't really do anything. You don't want like, oh, cool. I bought this system and now I have a leak. This is exactly what I wanted. But the alternative is it seems like a fine line between helping to educate folks about this without being an alarmist. How do you tell people like this is a real thing and you might not have thought about this before, but you should be thinking without sounding like the sky is falling down. You're, you're absolutely right, actually. One of the challenges with a product like this, especially as we currently have water sensors and we obviously have plans to expand that system outward is the educational piece. That one, you're trying to educate the customer to say that water damage is a huge deal. But it's one of those things that if you haven't experienced it, it doesn't matter to you. It matters to people who just experienced it because they had that loss and now they've dealt with them. They say, oh, I don't want to go through that again. So there is an educational piece where it is bound to happen, actually, and it is likely to happen. So we have that 
struggle. And then on the flip side is it is those maintenance things. One of our recent emails, our newsletter emails that went out just last week was about it's springtime. Here's some maintenance tips, things that you should be looking for, your roof, your gutters, your downspouts. The one thing that's this little rabbit trail here, but just gets popped into my mind. A thing that I often saw right after spring was your spigots because there might be water trapped in there, but during the winter, you don't really think anything about that because there might've been a split, but it was shut off. And then when it turned back on, that's when we would start to see those leaks. So it's things like that, that yes, we do have a blog section and we try to include those in our emails to our subscribers and stuff. And it is trying to say, these are the the things that you might want to consider to look for. The video thing is something that I, I have been considering a lot the tips and tricks and, and showing people how to maintain your systems and what to look for. So that is something that we're all considering. We're, like I said, we're starting this new rollout with new pricing and everything and trying to rework it so that we can provide value to people beyond the system itself. And ultimately that's what we're trying to get to. Yeah. It seems like information is a good part of helping people, but also making it personal. And so the video I think would be a good case to actually show something personal as opposed to just saying somebody's first name and last initial and I just had this big loss. Because ultimately, if you knew somebody who had been through something like this, you'd say, oh yeah, my friend had this happen at a, a vacation place and it was ridiculous. Or the, the flip side of the coin is, actually, I had something like this happen at my home and I was able to avoid something. And so who knows what it would have been, but I don't have to worry about it. And so in one sense, you're in the water business. And in another sense, you're in the peace of mind business. Yeah, that is it. And the peace of mind, it's how to relay that to potential customers. That's ultimately what we're selling, right? It's peace of mind and then protecting your income because ultimately what's at risk, right? When you have a loss, it's your income, your savings. One of the things I've heard a lot, I just heard this yesterday, actually, uh, we were talking to to somebody who was asking me, what are we doing with Peril Protect? And uh, they said, well, isn't that what insurance is for? So, well, yeah, ultimately insurance covers a lot of water loss. It does, but they can't cover the headache of it. And ultimately there's money coming out of pocket, right? You have a deductible and a thousand dollars is, is average. And I, I saw a lot of them at 2,500 bucks. And then the weeks or potentially months of repairs, we are trying to prevent against that and provide peace of mind that if you're notified, it's in a lot of cases, maybe as simple as going in and shutting it off and using a towel to clean it up or a shop vac or something like that versus this drawn out. And who wants to deal with an insurance claim? I was a claims adjuster for a long time, and I'd like to think that I was a good one and very easy to, to deal with, but not all claims are like that. I know I've had several. There's a lot that can be avoided by being proactive. And, and that's what, again, ultimately I keep saying proactive, but that's what we're trying to do is proactively protect your stuff and provide peace of mind knowing that It is a set it and forget it product, but that's a good thing though, in a way, right? Because if you hear from us, you might have a bad day or we can help prevent having a worse day, but ultimately not hearing from us is the best thing that you're going to have. And knowing that once you set that product, we're actively there monitoring for you and and, and not pestering you unless of course there is an issue. And somebody who would say, isn't that what insurance is for is pretty short-sighted because I have auto insurance, but I still wear a seatbelt. It doesn't mean, hey, just throw caution to the wind and just do whatever you feel like. So is there anything else coming down the pike with this product that is something you wish it did or sort of like, what's the next stage for you guys? The next stage is a shutoff valve. So that is definitely in the works. The hard part with the shutoff valve is that technology is more expensive to create. So we know that there's a cost up front. However, 
with the shutoff valve, the way it is designed is to work with the sensor. So in the event, it, it would be a main shutoff. And the difference with ours is trying to make a DIY shutoff that does not require a professional. You certainly could go out and hire somebody, but we see there are multiple shutoff valves that require bisection of water lines. They connect to Wi-Fi. You have to have professional install them. It's going to cost you 300 bucks just to get it installed, plus the cost of the product. So that's where the intention of ours is going to be different. And you need a ball valve. But if you have one, the homeowner can actually install this thing in a few minutes um, and plug it in. But then it communi would communicate with the uh, sensors so that if a leak is detected, it will shut off water to the house immediately. So that's the next iteration. And I think the logical next step with this product is just trying to bring that to a point that it's feasible because that particular product would require the customer to pay for that upfront, even though we'd be looking at it, selling it right at almost our cost because we think it's that important to have that next step. It's just trying to figure out the pricing on that to make it again, doable for the consumer. And then also when we talk about videos, that's one of the ones that we're trying to prepare is to show the amount of water that can escape in a leak and how quickly it can escalate. And then also to show that side by side with, if you had a detection system and with a shutoff valve, how quickly that can be terminated within seconds and stem the flow of all that water. So that's where we're going next. Okay, great. Well, Isaiah, I really appreciate you coming by and talking about this. And I think it could really help a lot of our listeners. Well, again, thank you very much for having me on to discuss it. I, I enjoyed discussing it. And sorry if I took up a little too much time. I geek out on this because this is what I do all the time. No, I guess uh, it's just one of those things. Once you get flowing, then... <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thanks again to our guests, Marcelo from Nudge Systems and Isaiah from Peril Protect. And thank you for listening. By the way, if you're a new listener, be sure to check out our earlier episodes. You'll hear informative discussions about the best work-from-home accessories, great tech to help you sleep and exercise, what to get for your extended tech family of grandparents, kids, and pets, and which gadgets and appliances can help you enjoy beer, wine, cocktails, and blended drinks even more. To hear this show, try asking your smart speaker to play the Family CTO podcast. Or find us on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Blueberry, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or wherever you stream your favorite audio programming. Lastly, be sure to follow the show so you can be among the first to hear when new episodes are available for your listening pleasure. We promise it won't be another four months. Our next episode will finish the water and home automation theme with two new guests who will give us an up-close and personal look at the latest tech for your showers and sprinklers. It'll definitely be an episode you'll want to <clears throat> stream. In the meantime, remember, don't be left to your own devices. This podcast, copyrighted 2021, is the intellectual property of the family CTO, a division of the Gadget Concierge Incorporated. All rights reserved.